Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. We are doing a Wednesday edition of the pod instead of a normal Monday edition because I wanted to see how the TCU men's basketball game against Cincinnati would shake out after an incredible weekend where they get not one but two top ten wins. But of course, all things have to come to an end. A two-game winning streak snapped against Cincinnati on Tuesday night. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about women's basketball forfeiting two games because of a lack of healthy players. And, of course, we start the pod at the top with Chandler Morris news as he travels not too far down the road to UNT. We'll get into all that and more. But first, I want to remind you to subscribe, rate, and review to the Hypnotoad Podcast wherever you get your podcast content, whether that be on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your Hypnotoad, please, please, please do us a favor. Subscribe, rate, and review the pod. And, of course, on Apple Podcasts, you can get a free koozie out of it if you do it for us. Take a screenshot of your review on Apple Podcasts and send it to the big boss, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Win a free koozie by doing so. Well, we'll start at the top of the pod with Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris, who had a good, not great season uh, with the TCU Horned Frogs this past year, who ended up now transferring to UNT. Now, this is a good landing spot, I think, for Chandler Morris. I'm happy that he has decided to stay in the great state of Texas after uh, what was a very tough season for him last year. Now, if you remember, he gets injured. Max Duggan takes over. The Horned Frogs are game away from winning their first national championship. Max Duggan, of course, goes to New York, loses the Heisman Trophy to Caleb Williams, but it's the highest finish for a TCU uh, quarterback, and I want to say like 60 years. So huge season in 2022 for TCU, and then this season, trying to go off of the uh, heels of that, you know, try to make it back to maybe the college football playoffs, maybe win the Big 12 in the final year, that we have 14 teams, and Chandler Morris has a very tough season, including getting injured. So two seasons ending Essentially an injury for Chandler Morris, he decides to take his talents to Denton, which leaves Josh Hoover as the preemptive quarterback for 2024. Now, I'm glad that Morris was able to stay in the state of Texas. I think it's important. It's going to be nice uh, for him to be in a conference that is not the Big 12, but also in uh, the Metroplex area in Denton. Uh, It's a good spot for him. I'm, I'm happy for him. I've always said that I'm not going to root against players who decide to leave TCU if it means they're leaving four teams that are in the group of five or in other conferences. Now, you might hate me for this take, and I'm okay with it if you do, because I think that it's incorrect that players can transfer in conference. I do not like, repeat, I do not like that you can transfer in conference and play. If you want to transfer in conference, like Baker Mayfield, of course, goes to Texas Tech, then or goes to Texas Tech, ends up ending his career at Oklahoma, winning a Heisman Trophy. I'm okay with that. I don't want you to be able to start right away. I don't like that you can transfer in conference. Now, Chandler Morris decides to go to, let's say, Arizona, who's joining the Big 12 next season. I wouldn't like to play him in year number one. I want to have to have a sit to have to sit a year. Unless you go out of conference, you join a team uh, like, let's say, Washington State, 
that's fine. I have no problem with you starting right away for an out-of-conference team. It's the in-conference that I have a trouble I have trouble with uh, with the transfer portal rules. So Chandler Morris goes to UNT. We're happy for him. What does this mean for TCU football going forward? Not a whole lot. He wasn't going to be the starting quarterback in 2024 anyway. To have him leave, it's essentially not a uh, it, it's not a, a big problem in my mind. I don't I don't see this being a problem going forward. I did want to start the podcast with it though at the top because it's football news and because uh, Chandler Morris. It was a roller coaster, man. There was really good moments, and there was really, really bad moments of the Chandler Morris experience. So for him to be out now, uh, it kind of feels like the closing of a chapter for TCU football. And I don't think he goes down in the history books as one of the best quarterbacks. I don't think it's fair if he goes down as one of the worst either. So that is that. Now let's move on. We I want to talk women's basketball because this is a story that I did not foresee happening. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know how high I have been on these, this basketball team, how high I've been on Mark Campbell, how high I've been on the TC women's basketball program. Uh, with all of the transfers that have come in, with Sidora Prince looking the way that she has, with, with all essentially all the transfers, uh, TCU has been forced to cancel two games due to a lack of players. So the cancellation is a result of injuries within the TCU program and ensure the health and safety of the program's student-athletes. Both the contests against number 7 Kansas State and number 24 Iowa State Wednesday and Saturday have been canceled. So as we're recording this, this happened earlier today. The forfeits will only impact the Horned Frogs' Big 12 win-loss record. Okay, of course, people are concerned about the fans and did they buy tickets or not. And I, I understand that part of the story. But from going from a surprise team, from going to a team from a team that we thought had a chance to maybe win the regular season, who started the season 14-0, and if you remember correctly, they had a hot, hot start. Now we get into conference play here. And after losing four straight games... To number six Baylor at home against Kansas State, a 12-point loss, number 10 Texas, and then an 11-point loss against Houston on Saturday. They lose two more games, so they're going to be on a six-game losing streak the next time this team gets to play. Add in the fact that Jaden Owens is out for the season due to an injury, and you're looking at a completely different TC women's basketball team. This sucks. I was so disappointed with where this, uh, how, how this team has kind of devolved so quickly, man. Uh, the fact that Jade Nellens, who was the starting point guard for TC Women's Basketball, who had a great season up until this point, uh, she got hurt against Houston. She was averaging just around eight points and seven assists per game. She ranked nationally in total assists fifth with 115, and uh, she was the active Big 12 leader in both uh, assists uh, and assists per game. So she tore ACL and meniscus in a non-contact injury against Houston on Saturday. Not great. Now, she says in her Instagram or her Twitter post, uh, to the Frog fam, you will see me on the sidelines at every game. And uh, now the coach, oh, I signed with Coach Campbell in the faith and persistence to transform TCU into a premier women's basketball program. And my investment is 
and into the goal is not going to change. I will be in the gym every single day working to be the best teammate possible. Our season is far from over. This is my responsibility to help the girls on the court work hard for one another and become the strongest possible version of this team. Well, I'll tell you, missing her is going to be tough because she had a huge impact, ginormous impact. Now, this is the uh, this is her third team in her career. She played for UCLA in the 2019-2020 season, Baylor from 2020-2023. I wonder if she will get another year of eligibility due to this injury. Plus, you got to remember that she does have that COVID year as well. So there is a chance that we see Jaden Owen once again, uh, or Jaden Owens once again on the court for TCU. But to lose her at this point in the season as we go into conference play, and again, she is part of the reason why TCU is forced to forfeit these next two games this week. Uh, this is a tremendous, tremendous negative impact on where this team could have gone. I don't want to put a ceiling on this uh, on the CC women's basketball program, but I'll tell you, I had aspirations to go to the NCAA tournament. The women's basketball in the Big 12, and just Big 12 basketball in general, uh, let's be honest here, is incredibly competitive it's the best basketball conference across the board i'd argue for men and women for men especially but for women as well they they are one of the best conferences there was a chance that even if tcu did not win their conference tournament that they could get an at-large bid to the ncaa tournament the non-conference schedule wasn't super strong the conference schedule has a number of ranked opponents in the top 25 there was a chance I'm not saying the greatest chance, but a slim chance for sure that TCU could lose the conference regular season title, tournament title, and still get a playoff spot. Now, I think WNIT is probably the ceiling for this team. I'd love to be incorrect. I'd love for this team to prove me wrong. But I look at the way that the rest of the conference is kind of laid out, and you know maybe this is karma for me doing a little bit of a, uh, not a victory lap, but a little bit of a, a, a preemptive, oh, Texas is going to be down because they lost one of the best players in the country in, uh, in Hampton going down. I was hoping that maybe that, I, I'm not hoping, but I'm, I'm hoping that is not the case, that this is karmi, uh, karmic uh, for me doing a victory lap about UT losing one of their best players and now TCU loses one of theirs. It's going to come down to Sidora Prince. If, if she continues to play at the level she is, which is all-conference player of the year potential, uh, you, expect, you expect her to be invited to end-of-conference award ceremonies. Now, I think Caitlin Clark and Paige Becker and, and that like of female athlete is at a different level than where Prince is. I think most college basketball fans would agree that Caitlin Clark is your player of the year. Even if you hate her, you got to respect the game. I don't think Prince is going to be winning the National Player of the Year award by any means. But getting invited to New York matters. Getting your players invited to end-of-season award ceremonies. You can ask TCU football. It matters to recruits. It matters to the state of where your program is. So I, while I don't think that this women's basketball team ends up 
cutting down any nets, hoisting any trophies, any real trophies at least, WNIT makes the most sense, I think, for a cap of where this team this team is. Now, let's shift gears to the men's side of things, because this was uh this was kind of disappointing. Um I wanted to record on Monday after an incredible weekend. And the reason that we didn't is because Tuesday night Cincinnati was on the schedule. And I thought to myself, self, Cincinnati is a good team. They're not top 25, but the game's in Cincinnati, and it's going to be a good game. And it is on the heels of three top 25 teams, losing to Kansas on Saturday, beating Oklahoma on Wednesday, then beating number two Houston at home the previous or the last Saturday. And then you think, okay, we got to go to Iowa State this Saturday. You're looking at arguably the toughest stretch of games that any team in the conference has had to play. Going to Lawrence, two home games against two top 10 teams, and then going to Cincinnati in a two-week period before hosting Iowa State. I'm looking at maybe the hardest stretch of games for this basketball team. And then that's not to mention having to go to Waco, hosting Tech, hosting Texas to end January going into February. Like, this is not an easy stretch by any uh, imagination, any stretch of the imagination. This is not an easy task that uh, TCU men's basketball has to go through. So I, I held off because I wanted to talk Cincinnati because I knew it was going to be a good game. The Horned Frogs end up dropping that game in overtime, 81-77. to 77. And it might have been the best game of the season. And it might have been the best game of the season. That's not to take away the Georgetown game or the Clemson game because both of those were great, great performances as well. But TCU got off to a hot start. They knocked down nine of the first ten shots. They had a 29-18 lead. But the perimeter defense was uh, was something that was going to end up biting uh, them in the in the in the ass at the end of the game. And I, I go through this game. This was a winnable game. They led for 37 minutes. Late game execution cost them. The perimeter defense cost them. A lot of credit goes to Cincinnati's defense in the second half. They were jumping all over uh, TCU. They got in the passing lanes. No game is easy. And home court advantage plays a serious factor in the Big 12. That That's really the, the takeaway. Uh, player of the game, Travion uh, Tennyson, who is turned into maybe the best player on this team. Uh, he had 17 points, knocked down five triples. That always helps. Uh, Manuel Miller, 15 points, three rebounds, five assists. He missed a couple of free throws. We're not going to talk about that, though. Um, perimeter shooting for this TCU team outside of this game, streaky, to say the least. Streaky, to say the least. But yet, last year's team... I think exceeded expectations. I think last year's team, I think last year's team did not have fan support on social media at least. We'll say that, but just even in in the building, did not have the fan support that they might have deserved. 
I think there's a lot of people nationally as well who looked at TCU men's basketball and said to themselves, it's a nice story. Yeah, they're playing tight games against Kansas and Kansas State and Texas and Baylor and Texas Tech, right? The whole conference. TCU played tight games with most of these uh, conference giants. But does it really matter, right? Like, does is it re- are they really that good or are they getting kind of lucky? Do they have the size? Do they have the defense? Are they getting kind of lucky? And this year, they are getting a little bit more of attention. I think that's fair to say. I think that the men's basketball team is getting more attention nationally. I've seen Jay Billis talk about TCU men's basketball more this season than maybe any other season. They're still under the radar. They still will be under the radar. They're a top 25 team even after a loss to Cincinnati. It's going to matter how these next couple games shake out. If they lose at home against Iowa State and drop to 13-5, and five, and then they got to go to Stillwater and go to Waco, and now you're looking at maybe a potential, what, four-game skid? If that happens, we're talking a, a different tune. We're singing a different tune if in two weeks from now, this is a team that is going to be about 500, sure, but in conference play, really struggling. Two and two right now. They've got to find a way to split on the road against still uh, in Stillwater and in Waco if they want to continue to uh, play tight. Baylor's an incredible basketball program. Historically speaking, incredible basketball program in the Big 12 this season. Good, right? A solid, a very solid program. Right now, I want to go through your conference uh, uh, records because I, I always think it's interesting, especially early to try to figure out who is good and who's not. So we'll go through the teams that are 500 in conference. It's BYU, it's Cincinnati, it's Iowa State, and it's TCU. Those are your five teams, or correction, your four teams who are 2-2 two and two right now in conference play. The best team in conference, Texas Tech, 3-0, and Kansas, 3-1, and Baylor, 3-1, and Kansas State, 3-1. and Oklahoma State, 0-4. Oh it's a winnable game. You go to Stillwater. That's a winnable game. You go to Stillwater on uh, Tuesday next week. So I'm not saying that that should be. Uh, I am saying. Let's say it this way. I, that's a win. Oklahoma State's a win. There's no reason we're for a four-game four losing streak. The game at Baylor. The game in Fort Worth against Texas Tech. And then... G- bringing UT home. These are the games that if you are a real contender in this conference, you got to win. You got to win. And look, this men's basketball team, I just talked about the women, the expectations for me at least on this team, my expectations for the men's basketball program I, I want a Elite Eight banner. I want it more than probably anything else. Right? Like, going to the National Championship last year, you play against a buzzsaw in Georgia for football. People are still giving me shit about that. They, they still hate uh, my prediction that I said TCU could win against Georgia. And, and, look, you play the game to play the game. Right? The game's not played on paper. It's played on the field. Georgia was the much better football team last season in the National Championship. But an Elite Eight banner 
for a program, historically speaking, not exactly a basketball university. Be big. Arguably, be huge. All right, let's talk uh, baseball because I want to wrap things up with what was a very interesting headline uh, from Fro Killer Frog, the SI fan site. So, talking about uh, Peyton Tolley, who is taking the mound and the batter's box in 2024. Now, when I was a kid, the big thing, of course, was everybody wanted to be an incredible hitter. Albert Pujols was arguably the best player alive when I was growing up. Now Shohei Otani has kind of taken the mantle of the guy that you want to be. I think most kids who watch baseball watch Shohei Otani, whose parents watch Shohei Otani, who look at the newspaper, read the uh, tweets, see how much Otani got paid, and they say to themselves, hey, I want my kid to get paid $750 million. How do we do that? Well, you got to be a two-way star. I've seen more and more college athletes kind of tuning, turning into uh, two-way stars. You saw the LSU kid a couple of years ago. I forget his name. It escapes me right now. Uh, the kid that uh, told his coach, let me swing, I hit bombs. And he said, hey, coach, they pinch hit for me in, in high school. They, I didn't forgot to hit. Uh, we see more and more guys who are playing both ways. And totally could be one of them. He plays at a, or played at Bethany, Bethany High School, home of the Broncos. He was a three-sport athlete, power forward on the basketball court. He's a six-foot-six, two-way starter in football with 13 touchdowns. Uh, and uh, he was named to the Class 4A District 1 All-District Team in 2020. Now he is taking his talents to the diamond. He is trying to be baseball's next two-way star. Now, I'd be curious to see how that uh, actually how it goes for him. Uh, he was a two-way player at Wichita State. He needed to find balance in his pitching according to this. But this is what's interesting is that he really he. According to this article, he really wants to be a two-way player. According to this article, he is very much about being a two-way player. Now, he didn't get to hit a lot uh, at Wichita State. He joins a team that played in the College World Series last year. I'd be curious to see. He joins teammate Anthony Silva, who was named the preseason All-American team uh, this season as well. So, 2024 season, he believes, is the most important things. He says, I want to go out there uh, and just have fun. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be uh, going to be interesting. But I wanted to bring this up, put this in front of you, because this is another one of those names that you're going to want to know. I told you last year, TC baseball is the thing that got me into TC athletics. I really love the baseball program. I watched them play in the College World Series. They're great. They're fun, uh, and, and I look forward to seeing what uh, what we got going forward this season. You know, playing College World Series great. Winning the College World Series that's a whole different story. That's going to do it for the Hypnotoad Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, by the time we talk next week, TC Men's Basketball should be one game better in conference, hopefully, going to Iowa, or playing Iowa State this weekend. Uh, hopefully we come back and we talk a great Saturday of hoops. And women, get better, please. We do not need to forfeit any more games. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying to stay positive, we'll say that. That's going to do it for us. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. If you screenshot your Apple Podcast uh, uh, review, send it to our boss, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, and uh, you can get a free college, Harlan College Sports koozie. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back again next week with all of your TCU athletic content.